Amen. Grab your Bibles. Um, there is a word that I want to share with you this morning. In line with what we've been talking about for the past few weeks, um, we just want to continue there that God would move and have his way. But open your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Exodus on uh, chapter 32. Let me uh, read this, then I'll pray, and we'll end back there um, that the Holy Spirit may move this morning and be God in our midst. Amen. Bless the name of the Lord. If you're in Exodus chapter 32, jump down. Let me read verses 1 through 10. And we're not going to talk about all of that. I have one, a one-point sermon this morning that I want to share with you. Then we'll pick this up next week so that God would move and have his way. If you're in Exodus chapter 32, say amen. amen. And I'm going to invite you to open, keep your Bibles open or your electronic device or whatever you use to read scripture, we're going to walk through a few passages that I need to lay some foundation. It says here, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said, um, up, make us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, take off the rings of gold that are on your ears and your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were on their ears and they brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it, into, uh, fashioned it with a graven tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drank and rose up and play, rose up to play. Let us pray. Lord, you're wonderful, God. You're awesome, God. You're gracious, God. You're kind. As we stand today, God, just to begin the process of exploring your word and to kind of see what you're saying here, open our hearts to be more of who you would have us to be, God. Open our hearts to submit to you. We want to be your people, God. We want to be your subjects. We want to be all that you would have us to be. So teach God by means of your Holy Spirit as we give this word to you. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, Amen. worship God, worship God. As, spiritual, as spiritual, not material. Amen. I don't know what's going on with our screen here, but I want to get that um, slide up. Worship God. One more time. Say, worship God, worship God. As, spiritual, as spiritual, not material. Not material. Amen. Now, we've been teaching through these series, this series for the past, since the beginning of the year. And then we have, we're going to finish this up next week prayerfully if the Lord says the same. But I just want to kind of walk you through a process so we can hear and be who God would have us to be so we can kind of understand more of the heart and the premise of God as it relates to the word of God. Now back up with me to the book of Exodus chapter 20, and then we're going to walk, we're going to walk through Exodus chapter 20 so that the Holy Spirit um, could, could speak to us this morning and we can hear and understand and be in tune with God. Now, let me, let me say this by way of introduction. I don't know about you, but waiting on God is a challenge. Does anybody believe that? Yeah, yeah. It's, come on, y'all. Waiting on God is a challenge. Let's, let's just be honest with ourselves this morning. Waiting on God is a challenge. 
I get in trouble in the wait. For some reason, I don't think I'm talking about myself only. Unless you guys are just a bunch of spiritual people. They've got your act all together. Come on, come on, come on, come on. My problem surfaces when God remains silent and when I need something from him, when he has been leading, he has been guiding, he has been directing, he has been taking me along the way, and then all of a sudden he sits me down here and he says, wait until I tell you what to do next. Oh, come on, is it just me, y'all? Yeah. Now, it, it works out well when a couple hours later he comes back and he says, okay, here's what I want you to do. It doesn't work out well when he takes a long time. Oh, come on, come on. It, it doesn't work out well when he takes months, when he takes a year, when he takes years. Come on. It, here's what happens. Here's what happens. When he takes too long, then I conclude he may have forgotten me and then I do one of two things. I go looking for him as if he's lost. <laughs> or like we're going to see the text, I build a golden calf to force him to show up. Oh, my gosh. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. We've been talking about these Israelites and their journey to worship. So today we're going to pick this up. And I just want to share one quick thing with you to lay foundation so we can move into where God would have us to go. When you look at the text that's in front of us, um, there are several things that I want us to look at at the text. If you will back up with me, we started this with the Israelites just being released from slavery in the land of Egypt. And then God now is, then t is now taking them on a journey to the land of promise. Now, several things I need you to understand. Understand with me that these people were just recently released from this place of slavery where they found themselves. So now, God, here's what I said last week, God has to reprogram them because the old way they did things is not going to work for where he's about to take them. So I'm saying that to you because I need you to hear me say to you this morning, the old way we did things yesterday, I wish I had somebody is not going to be good enough to take us to the places that God wants us to go. So y'all help me out real quick. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't even think about saying, we used to do it like this. <laughs> yeah, you get it, yeah. Mm. You get it. So now as we approach the text and we're moving through, here's what happens in Exodus chapter 20. You look at verses 1 through 6, and God pauses them. And I, those of you that were here Wednesday... I encourage you to read chapter 19 to get a little bit of a literary context so we can move in a direction. But in chapter 20 now, God is laying down the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments as you know them to encourage the people on what they need to do differently so they can move to the place that God would have them to do. So he provides specific instructions in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. And here's what that looks like on last week, right? When you read Exodus chapter 20, here's what he says. Number one, in verses 1 and 2, God alone deserves to be worshipped. One more time, say, God, say it with me. Say, God alone deserves to be worshipped. That's the first thing he said to them, right? And then he says in verse 3, never share my glory with anyone or anything. Repeat after me. Say, don't share God's glory. Don't share God's glory. One more time. Say, don't share God's glory. Don't share 
I'm going to read that. He was telling them, don't make no graven image. Don't do nothing to form him. And then he says, worship me. And this is where we're going to hang out today. Spiritual, not as material. And a lot of us don't know what that means. So I'm going to flesh that out just a little bit for you so we can hear and understand what that means. And here's what we learned on Wednesday. Improper worship invites the wrath of God for generation to come. And you're going to see it. If you follow the life of the Israelites, here's what it looks like. One moment they're free, the next moment they're in slavery. One moment they're free, the next moment they're in slavery. And I think that kind of looks like my life and it looks like your life. Come on, one moment we're free. Yeah, here's what they call it on the streets, drama. (laughs) You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, one moment we're free, the next moment we're in slavery. And then we notice this, that proper worship invites the blessings of God for generation to come. So that's how we translated those Ten Commandments as we looked at the first three to kind of see and hear what God is saying. So today now, I want to walk you through a couple of things so I can land real quick. At Exodus um, chapter 20, verses 18, and I want you to see what God is saying here. Um, Now understand with me, this is important contextual information for where I'm going to land this morning. Up until this time, God has never spoken to the people directly. You guys are tracking with me. Moses was the vehicle through which he was communicating. And notice what it says in verses 18 through 21. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountains, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood afar off and said to Moses, watch this, you speak to us, we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, Lord have mercy, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you. My gosh, I wish I had time to really talk about today. So God really shows up. God really just showed up to see where you are and to check you out. Don't miss that, okay? And then it says, and that for him, many before you that you may not sit. Let me read again. Do not fear, for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. Oh, gosh. That's a, that's a message. Yeah. In and of itself. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. So look at the next thing. And here's the thing. Then look at verse 22 to 22, right? Then the Lord said to Moses, This you shall say to the people of Israel. You have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven, right? In other words, you know where God is. Look at verse 23. What is he saying there? You shall not make what? Gods of what? Silver to be with me, nor shall you make for yourself what? Gods of what? Two things. Don't make gods, whether you choose silver or whether you choose gold, just don't do it. Now, doesn't that sound like what we just saw last week in Exodus chapter 20, um, verses 2 and 3? You saw the same thing there, right? So he does that. Then jump over to chapter 24. Let me just kind of move really quick um, just to get to where I want to land today. Then go to Exodus chapter 24, and then let me talk you through this because we might not have time to read all of this. And notice what it says in verse 1. Then the Lord, then uh, he said to Moses, he's inviting Moses and he's inviting Aaron. Come on, say Aaron. Say it again, say Aaron. Aaron. 
God is inviting Moses. He's inviting Aaron and Nadab and Abinu um, and the 70 elders of Israel um, and worship of worship from afar. And it says, Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near and the people um, shall not come up with him. Look at verse 3. Moses came, and what is Moses doing now? Told the people all the words of the Lord and all the what? Rules, and watch what the people said. And the people answered with how many voices? One voice, they said, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we shall do. Oh, my gosh. Okay. No gods of silver. Yes, sir, master. No gods of gold. Yes, sir, master. No pagan worship. All that stuff they said we are going to do, right? And then jump down to verse 7. You see it again. Then it talks about Moses having this book where he had wrote the law. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. He's repeating again what God said. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we shall do. You kind of see that? We will be obedient. Yeah, this is interesting, right? And then look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Then Moses, Aaron, Nahab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders went up, and they saw the God of Israel. This is important. So before this, check this out. Before, before this, this is good information. Moses was the only one going up to the mountain, and the rest were staying behind. Now, if I'm you, I imagine that they probably held a business meeting. Hey, y'all, Moses up there making stuff up. Yeah, he is. Where he coming up with this? Come on, worship one God. Is he tripping? You know what we did in Egypt? Come on. And so here's what God says. All right, all them that was in that meeting, bring them up here. Read the text. And so they go up, they go up, they go up. And it says here, this is what chapter 24 says. They had an encounter with God. They met God. They encountered God. And if you read chapter um, 24, it literally says that they had a meeting fellowship with God, right? Look with me at verse 11. And he did not lay a hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. It says they beheld God and they ate and they drank. I see fellowship going on with God. Down to verse 15 so I can get to where I'm going. Then Moses goes back up the mountain and the cloud covered the mountains and the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud appearance of the glory of God was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Look at verse 18. Moses entered the cloud, went up in the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain that says, what? 40 days. And what? I hate it when God don't talk every day. Oh, y'all. Jump over to chapter 32. Let's begin. Okay. And here's the thing I want to share with you. Delays in hearing from God can sometimes cause us to abandon the true form. True form. Come on, say true form. Of worship. I'm going to say it one more time because I want you all to see this in the text. Delays in hearing from God can sometimes cause us to abandon true form of worship. Between 21, I mean 24 to 32, Moses is hanging out with God. And God is issuing all the directives, all the commands, all the instructions that he needs for the people to hear so they can be who he wants them to be. Don't forget this. Prior to his departure, 
It's as if he says, wait here. And while you're waiting here, don't do this. Golden calves out of silver or gold. Don't miss this. Y'all wait here, okay? And for those of y'all that were conspiring against me, come on up. Let me show you that I am a real God. Oh, y'all miss this. Read the text. And they went up and he says, matter of fact, I only want the elders. I only want the, the priesthood. I only want those people to come. The rest of y'all stay back here. Let them come. So if I'm reading this text and if, if I'm walking this out, when Aaron came back down, Aaron probably said to them, amen, he's real. Her probably said to them, amen, he's real. Nahab and all the people that the text says probably came back and said to them, he's real. Okay? Now, the text picks up. And the problem that first verse 32 lays out for us is the text opens up by saying, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain. That's the problem. Notice what they did. They gathered themselves together to Aaron, because understand when Moses left, he left Aaron in charge, and, 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 and that's not a threat, because understand with me, before he deputized him, Aaron saw God for himself. Come on, y'all. We're not talking that he just went and picked the worst deacon out the crowd and said, you're in charge. No, 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 no. He, he took somebody that spent time in the presence of God. Come on. Somebody who ate with God. Somebody who fellowshiped with God. Somebody who walked with God. Saw the miraculous of God. And he says, you're in charge. You're in charge. You're in charge. But look at the text. Forty days has gone by. Moses hasn't come down. And notice what the people, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said. Now, don't make the mistake of reading this nicely. They call a congregational meeting. <laughs> That's what's kind of nuancing of themselves here. Hey, y'all, this ain't working. We got to do something about this. Who's in charge? Here's what we're going to do. Now, you've got to see Aaron is probably in his tent of doing whatever Aaron does and then somebody knocks on the tent if there's such a thing and he opened up the door and he sees over six million people. <laughs> we won't meet with you. Okay? We won't meet with you. Now, watch the text, watch the text, watch the text. They called Aaron out and, and the phrase that I want to use is that they said to him, up, make us gods, the text says, who will do what? Go before us. Now, here's what I said. Because of the delay, they now, they forced Aaron. And, and now, understand with me, Aaron had just seen God. So it wasn't like Aaron didn't know any better. So some commentator says he probably feared for his life. He was probably intimidated. He was probably pressured. He too, regardless of his strong faith, probably doubted whether Moses was going to come back or not. And look at the text. They called him, and they said, up, make us God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Take off your rings of gold, 
that are in your ears, your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. And so all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears, and they brought them to Aaron. Let's talk for the next few minutes, and I'll be done. Why did the people want God's small g to go before them? Especially when God sat them all down and said, whatever you do, don't do this. We read it, right? He said it in the Ten Commandments. We saw it twice. We repeated it. Don't do this. Why did he do it? Why did they do it in spite of the fact that he told them not to do it? I'm going to give you four simple things that I want you all to understand and lock into me so we can walk into this, right? So number one, there was still a strong attraction to idolatry for the people. Go ahead and say amen. Amen. How many of y'all sinned last night? Thank you for the honest people. Amen. All right. The reason you did it is because there's a strong attraction to idolatry. Let me help you. And I'm pretty sure before you did it, God said to you, yeah, I don't even, yeah, 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 yeah. So don't sit here and be hard and holy on the Israelites as if, come on, they, come on. Understand with strong attraction to adultery. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Here's what I've been saying for the past two weeks. They were in, in slavery in Egypt for 400 years, right? And people weren't living that length of time. So this generation that just were, were just delivered from Egypt, they do nothing. They do nothing of what it meant to worship God. All they knew was pagan worship. All they knew was idolatry. All they knew was worshiping Pharaoh. All they knew was worshiping the many gods of Egypt. And Lock into me. They had only just been delivered for a short time. You, you come on. So it was natural for them to want to go back to where it was God delivered them. And and I've been trying to beat this point. I want y'all to get this. 400 years is a long time. Come on, y'all. That's a long time. That's a long time. And God says now, behold, I am doing something new. I want it to be fresh. I want it to be different. So I want you to forget how you did it yesterday. Moses is going away, and whatever you do, don't do this. And before Moses, come on, notice what they did. They did what? Let me, let me go here real quick, and I'm going to move. I want to share four, four things real quick. My problem is I've been doing me for so long that when God sits quiet and I don't get my way, I call a business meeting in my mind. And I get to talking to myself. And after the meeting, all of me in my mind, they call me together and say, here's what we're going to (laughs) do. I know I'm not talking to myself, y'all. Come on. I know I'm not talking to myself. Are you with me? And, 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 and the only time, the only time that meeting happened, it doesn't happen when we're singing everything I need, when we're singing about you're all I want, when we're singing about your holy God. Come on, I love that phrase they attached to that song. When we're worshiping God, oh God, you're awesome. The business meeting never happens, but the moment God seemed to have gone away, all of a sudden, 
It's in the downtime. It's in the downtime. And the reason we're quick to call a meeting with ourselves is because for 400 years, that's what we've been doing. Oh, y'all so holy. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Um, God, I know you delivered me, and I've been doing marijuana for a while, but you're going to set me free. And then all of a sudden, you're laying in the bed all by yourself. Hey, man, you know what? I know where there's a reefer shop. You got gas in that car? I know where the key is. Didn't you hide some money under your bed? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get up. We're going to go to the euphoria shop. Okay. Can we be honest? Can we be honest? And the reason for that is because God now is trying to reprogram us to function different, to worship him differently, and we miss it and we can't lock into it. Here's what I'm going to say. Consistently, because we've been doing it for so long. I'm not saying we don't do it, but consistently is the problem because we've been doing it. For what? Come on, say you've been doing it a long time. Come on, everybody say, say you've been doing it a long time. Here's the other reason they wanted to make other gods. This is important. Moses' absence was so deeply associated with God's presence that when Moses left, they didn't know what to do. We just read this. God had never spoken to them through his own mouth. Remember? The one time he tried, thou shalt not. Yo, Moses, what's up? What's all that? What's all that, Mo? And Moses is like, yo, 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 that's, that's God. I don't like that, man. Why? Why? Listen to this. In Egypt, but you speak. <laughs> The gods, come on, the the gods didn't speak in Egypt. Y'all hear me? Because they had never seen a god, I wish I had somebody in here. They'd never seen a god like that before. Come on. Nothing about serving a god that can can, can feed the hungry. A god that can clothe the naked. A god that can part the waters. Come on. A god that can make a way out of nowhere. Come on. I wish I had somebody in here. A god that can be the mother to the motherless. A God that can be the father to the fatherless. They had never seen a God like that. They were used to worshiping idols. And so Moses became the mouthpiece of God. Now let me add, they liked what God said. They just didn't want to hear from him for themselves. So Moses goes, and he's gone for 40 days. And lock into this, for 40 days, no more pillar of fire. Y'all get no more cloud because Moses wasn't there to make it happen. Are you, and let me go here. And this is why I ask you to read the text. If you read Exodus chapter 18, every day Moses would set up camp. And he would sit from morning till evening. He would counsel them. And he would talk to them. And then Moses would go up in the mountain and he would hear from God and he would come back down and say, thus said the Lord. I wish I had somebody in here. And the thing between Exodus chapter 18 to 32 that implies that Moses, I mean 24, that implies that Moses ever spent a night away from them. They were used to seeing them. So here's what that means. Their comfort was they, as long as Moses was there, they had God. 
And then for 40 days, Moses is gone? Excuse the grammar. What is we to do? <laughs> what? what? Some of y'all have the same problem. Come on. Your grandmama was your Moses. Your job was your Moses. Your spouse was your Moses. Then all of a sudden that thing goes away. Oh, my goodness. Your worship is impeded because Moses is no more. Are you guys tracking with me? I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I want to share one thing. You got, you, come on. Are you guys hearing me this morning? Okay. So they were quick to go back to idolatry because Moses' absence was so closely associated with Yahweh's presence. We see Moses, we know it's cool. We're not worried because Red Sea is going to be parted. Manna is going to come down. The pillar of fire is going to guide us. The cloud is going to, you, can't, you get what I'm saying? If we're sick, he's going to raise the brazen serpent because God's going to tell him to tell us what to do and we're going to be just fine. Moses was gone. So for them, let me flesh that out. Because of how they, or what they used to do, somebody had the crazy idea. Let's make our own Moses. Y'all get that? Y'all get that? It was attractive to connect the bull now to Yahweh. Text. Let's read the text. And then we'll talk to this. And I'm almost done. I just want to share that. Look at what it says here. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered for themselves together to Aaron, and they said to him, Up, make us gods, and we will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to the people, Bring all your stuff. You kind of get it. Verse 3, so the people took off all their gold, brought them to Aaron. Verse 4, he took the gold, he made all the stuff. Now here's the point. These are your gods. He made a golden calf and he said, these, and they said, these are the gods, your gods of Israel, who did what? Brought you up out of the land of Egypt, verse 5. When Aaron saw this, notice what he did. He built an altar before it and Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to who? Okay, notice the capital L-O-R-D. Remember we talked about this week one, right? Um, Yahweh, come on, say Yahweh. Okay, one more time. Okay, now notice this. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and, burnt, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. I'm going to go into the rest of this next week. So here, here's what was going on. Moses is gone. Moses represented the presence of God. Now, i got to give you a little bit of theology and a little bit of Old Testament so you can kind of get a feel. Understand with me in the Old Testament... There was no such thing as the Holy Spirit that came and resided in people. Y'all get it? Ah, Jesus, this is, uh, come on, say amen, y'all. No such thing as an Holy Spirit existed, but he didn't come and live in people permanently. So here's what would happen in the Old Testament. God would come, he would land on a person, he would empower them, and then he would leave. You kind of get what I'm saying. So I want y'all to see this. Moses raising the staff had nothing to do with Moses, but everything to do with God working through him because God would come and indwell him and God would do what God wanted to do, right? You kind of get what I'm going, right? So here's the thing. With Moses gone, 
the people are wondering, how do we access God? So the assumption was, Moses is dead. So all we know how to do is make idols and worship idols. So listen to this. Hey, y'all, you got to see the intelligence of these people. Because a lot of us, when we read this text, we read it through negative lens. I want you to see it through a positive framework this morning. Because I want you to see yourself in the text. If you see it negatively, we won't see ourselves in the text. So here's what would happen, right? In Egypt, they had all these pagan gods that did not talk. But now we serve God. And we got us a God representative. And we heard him talk. And we know that God speaks through him. So here's what worship in Egypt looked like. They would go before these idols. They would bow. They would worship him. And nothing would happen. You, you kind of get this. Nothing would happen. And all of a sudden, they know they have at this, their disposal a real God who talked. So here's this. Hey, God, if you have left Moses, listen to what we're going to do. We're going to build us a calf. And Aaron is a priest. And Aaron, you build that thing. And then here's what we're going to do. It's going to look like Egypt. It's going to look like Egypt. But it's going to be different. Because when you make it, you're going to tell God to come and live in it. And even though it looks like Egypt, it really won't be Egypt because that one's going to talk. I wish I had somebody. Y'all don't see the text. Come on. Because notice he made, he, he offered an offering to capital Yahweh. So it's like saying, I'm going to build this image. And then God, I want you to come and I want you to indwell it. And you're going to make that thing talk. You're going to make that thing function. You're going to make that thing replace Moses. We're not trying to replace you. We don't want to be in your presence. But at least this will do the trick. Exodus 20 still says, don't what? Because, listen to this. This is going to blow you. Not made in the image. God does not inhabit an animate object. Does that make sense? God will not dwell in anything. And the whole thing with God is that he doesn't want us creating anything that looks like his presence, that looks like anything. Because here's the other thing they wanted to do. They wanted to have some symbol to show that the glory of God dwells amongst them. Anybody in here know that God won't share his glory? Amen. Come on, say God won't share his glory. Share. Now, once again, don't, don't be so hard. Don't be so hard on the Israelites. Don't be so hard on the Israelites. Because the reason some of us are mad with God right now is because he killed our golden calf. It was the thing we used to worship, even though we didn't externally say it, it still was the God represented. So as long, here's what it looks like. I have a problem where I'm addicted to my wife. Um, yeah. She's just not addicted to me, so y'all pray for her. And I could mistakenly make her my God. Here's the other part, and I'm almost done, I'm almost done. My wife has a a strong prayer gift. She has a strong worship gift. And there are times when I want to hear from God. I'll go to her and I'll say, what's God saying? Y'all missing it. Y'all missing it. 
Y'all missing it. I don't go to God and say, what are you saying? I go to my calf. Baby, I ain't calling you no cow, okay? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me clean that up, okay? Yeah, I, that slipped out. Amen. Yeah, yeah. But y'all get it. All right, let me take that thought captive and submit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I go to her. I go to her. I go to her. I go to the thing that I have created. Come on, y'all talk to me. I go to the thing that I invited God to inhabit. I go to the thing that I call God to dwell in, where God has manifested himself, where God has showed his glory, where God has revealed himself, and I can get so caught up on the thing that I miss going to God. And here's why I don't go to God. Because like the Israelites, I'm not right. And I don't feel as if I'm holy enough. I don't feel as if I'm righteous enough. So I don't want to encounter God, right? So, so, so let, me, let me hit this because I want to stop. I want to get this thing. I want to be done with you. So look, so it's attractive. So the people hope to have God's identity um, with the calf and make his glory dwell amongst them. That's what they wanted to do. But here's the last thing I want you all to hear, and then we're going to move through this. Uh, then I'll be done. Their preference was to worship God as material versus what? Yeah, yeah. Hey, God, you're up in heaven. You're up on that mountain. You're up with Moses. And, and, and we need you here, but we don't know what here is. We want to see. We want to touch. We want to feel because of what we're used to. And so as long as we can see this, we know you're here. So here's what I want you to hear before we go into next week. God's preference with the Israelites was not that they worship him only when they see him. He wants to be worshipped unseen. Does that make sense? Moses was gone and worship stopped. Y'all been missing this. He's gone and worship stopped. Because we can't see you, we can't worship you. Right? I'm going to hurry up and we're going to pick this up next week. In John chapter 4, the woman at Samaria met Jesus at the well. And she was under the Old Testament dispensation, right? And when she encountered Jesus, she said to him, I see you're a prophet because our father worshiped in this mountain. But you Jews say Jerusalem is the place where you ought to worship, right? And notice what Jesus said to her. Let me read this and then we'll be done. He says, the woman, he said to her, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worship in the mountain, but you say Jerusalem is a place to worship. Um, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you do what? Now watch, here, here's a nugget. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation of the, from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is where what kind of worshipers? Will worship the Father how? Why? Because the Father seeking such to worship him. God is what? And those that worship him must do what? How? Here's what you're going to see next week. And I'm almost done. Give me two seconds. Give me two seconds before you touch a key. Okay. Don't touch a key. All right. Good. Yeah. Give me two seconds. That's his way of telling me, hey, man, you need to end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't touch a key. So, so listen to this. Here. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here, here's, what, here, here's, what, here, here's what's going on. Moses was away. So God is not here. We can do whatsoever we want to do. Are y'all missing it? We can stop worship and we can go back and do, hey. 
We can call Shaniqua. We can call Bubba. We can do whatever we want to do. And then on Sunday, we're going to come and we're going to make it right because we know God's going to be. And here's the thing. Don't make no graven image because God wants to get this. Don't restrict me to space. Don't restrict me to location. I had somebody in here. Don't restrict me to any one place because I'm an ever-present God. You're going to see this next week. You're going to see this next week. He's up on the mountain speaking to Moses, but at the same time, he sees what the people, I wish I had somebody in here down in the valley are doing. And the reason I want to flesh that out, God is a spirit. If you've got to wait till you come in here on a Sunday morning to worship God, you've got a Moses mindset and a Moses mentality because you can only worship when Moses is present. The God that I serve, he's everywhere. Here's what it says in Psalms. Where can I go from your presence? Where am I free from your spirit? If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I go to the mountain, you're there. There is nowhere we can go that God is not. So listen, worship of God never ends. Does that make sense? If you got to wait till you come in front of Moses, you've created a golden calf. And you fooled yourself into thinking he only inhabits that. In your bedroom, God is there. In the bathroom, God is there. On the job, God is there. On the playground, God is there. In the nightclubs, God is there. I want y'all to hear me. In the movie theater, God is there. On the other end of the line, God is there. In the camera, God is there. There is nowhere God is not. He's doing a new thing, and he's looking for spirit worshipers that don't turn it on and off. You can play now. This is why he said don't create... Because here's what you're going to say. Hey, y'all, I got to go to the church to worship. Here's what I said a couple of weeks ago. I'm praying for the day when worship was so thick in your car. And by the time you got here, Pastor Steve ain't got to tell nobody where my worship is at. Every last one of us is going to be on our faces at this altar giving God thanks because we don't have golden calves in our possession that's God representative to us. We know God for ourselves. And here's the beauty of New Testament theology. The Spirit is not outside you if you've accepted Him in your life as personal Lord and Savior. He dwells where? In you. You kind of get... So I've been saying this and some of y'all been missing it. Guess where the temple... Yeah... Your body is what? You get it. So worship never ends. And I showed you last week, don't bring no golden calf in the temple because God will destroy it. You want to know why all the drama? Check what's inside the temple. Especially the altar. That's your heart. Come on, worship team. My prayer this morning, come on, everybody stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. My prayer is that this house becomes such a place of worship. 
such a place where we can commit to God, such a place where we can sacrifice to God, such a place where we can give God his own, that we can submit to God like that and worship him in spirit and in truth because those are the kind of worshipers that God is looking for. Trust God this morning. Father God, your word has gone forth. You speak, Lord. Should there be one here that don't know you, bring them. Should there be one that says, I want to rededicate my life, bring them. Should there be one that says, I want to be a part of this fellowship, God, bring them. Bring them, Lord, bring them, bring them. And let them come and be all that you would have them to be. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're teaching. Thank you for continuing to grow us up to be more like you, Lord. You're all we want, God. You're all we need. And so, God, we bless you. We love you. Move in this place, Holy Spirit. Move in this place.